I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And today we're going to recap the national. Tyler, Lou, and I, Jay, Judy, everybody from 1:37 p.m. spent some time in Chicago last week, and we're going to talk all about it today. So, Lou, we'll start with you. What is on your mind this morning as we settle back in from what was an awesome national? Pull a Tyler on, on this one. Ah, I've got a few ah. things. Number one, I don't know if I'll ever fully return to my state previous to national. I've been tired for like three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much I sleep, it just doesn't it doesn't come back. Energy doesn't come back. So I apologize if I'm low energy today. Number two is that my ice machine broke, so I don't have any ice right now, so that's tough. Um, And number three is the National was fantastic. I can't believe... I I, The thing I can't believe the most about the National is that no matter... Like, I'm the kind of person that when I'm, like, tired and, like, it's... Like, I just don't... Like, I feel done. Like, I'm checked out. Like, it's over. And I could have stayed there for, like, another five days without issue. So that's the part that I took away was like, damn, I actually had so much fun and I really can't wait for the next one. Ty? What a time. What a time. There was the people, which was amazing. There was everyone. I felt like everyone was there. Everyone. If you're listening to this and you weren't there, I apologize. But everyone was there. Just the hodgepodge of of people on Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter even more now after National Cause my guy DGD, you got like a million. I'm just like, yo, yo, we're like, we're best friends. I'm like, oh, that's you. All right, cool. So that I think people had a ton of fun just hanging and meeting people outside of even deals. I think if people did no deals, paying for the flight and hotel alone, people would say that was a blast. And then on top of it, you know, we uh, we had booth space. I think if there's one takeaway i'd say that people that were maybe at the national for the first time i foresee a little bit more of hey do three of us get together and get a table if possible i don't know you probably can't even for the next national but having a booth was sweet and i think the difference from deal making at least from a seller's perspective much easier when you're sitting at a table just leverage points versus going up with a case you buying something you buying something you buying something so that that was a big takeaway. And then, look, it was a buyer's market. I mean, people were spending at that show. And there was a lot of, I think, cards. I, I thought well-priced overall. I mean, I didn't spend too much time, like minimal time walking around. I did like two or three loops. Um, I didn't see much soccer, which was a benefit to how I roll. And I just got to say, you had an unreal operation going. Like, true, like, even the, the way you set up the tables with, like, the entry spot for the raw so people could look on both sides. You had your whole crew there. You know, I know you had your better half finally with you there. I just, I'm over the moon still. I both am, haven't been able to sleep because of just the sheer excitement. And I've spent more time on eBay in the last 48 hours than probably in the, the previous two weeks. And I'm pumped. I just got cards in front of me right now. I just like staring at them. So, a couple things that are on my mind. Just a couple things. Lou, you're a little light this week compared to my guy Ty, man. He just, we took Ty to a new level. No matter what I do, Tyler just has to be in first, you know? There was a Messier PMG. That He's still going. Crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It's Tyler's world. We're just living We're in just it. We're just living in it. I was just trying to set the stage for you, right? Card talk with Ryan and Lou. Exactly. <laughs> I got a battle to get any sort of relevancy. You guys get your name in the title. <laughs> No, but for real, the show was that you know we had we had high expectations for it. We we had the countdown going for seven weeks. I mean, we already got the countdown going now. Three hundred and sixty-five <laughs> days. Whatever it is, right. we might be sub three hundred and sixty. 
I was about yeah, to say, like, I was going to say 365 weeks. So that's where my head's at right now. So <laughs> No, but yeah, the expectations were high and certainly exceeded it in every, you know, every facet. It was, I think, Tyler, your point about buyers, right? That it was important because when we went to Dallas a couple of times ago, a lot of trading, right? The market had cooled down a bit and wasn't as many people like really buying. It was a lot of trading, but I felt like there was a little bit of everything at this show. We had ample opportunities to buy, lots of buying, but also people wanted to buy, people wanted to trade. So it was it was an amazing, but just to be able to meet so many people, right? I mean, we did so many cool deals, said what's up to so many people I'd never met before. It was just great. The atmosphere, it's just, it's hard to beat that, right? Just five straight days of the show of just buy, sell, trade, hang out, say what's up. Just it, it, it was hard to be there and being like in a bad mood. You're not just sitting there like, man, this sucks. Like, I wish I was anywhere else. Like, it was just like, you don't want it to leave. And next thing you know, you blink and it's over. I came across one negative attitude the entire time. Hate to see it. Everyone was just ear to ear, smiling, happy. There was some great executions. I mean, our partner eBay, would the uh, I go over there one time and it was like, Five people deep clamoring for these ski cards. I went over there. There was a line that was like wrapped. It was crazy. It was bananas. You know, PSA did their thing with the grading. I think there might have been a quick boop stumble first day, but I think they turned it around, cleaned it up, and that things things were humming and moving. SGC. SGC is a little takeaway. This is one of my takeaways from the show. Talk about it. I told Lou and Tyler beforehand, right, is SGC slabs were moving at the show. I agree. I think they've settled in as a real player in the market. I'm pumped for them. Like, I actually really am. I think it's really good for the market. I think so, too. I think it's very important. We talked about this when it first happened, but the market does want graded cards, and the price point Mm. and the turnaround time is hard to beat, right? Like, when your select box came out Friday, select UFC and select basketball, both came out Friday while we were at the show, right? You pull a LaMelo ball base rookie select. Somebody wants one of those graded at, you know, less than $30 and two, three week turnaround time. It's hard to say no, right? And, and people were wheeling and dealing for him. We picked up a bunch of them. I, we sold a bunch of them. A lot of people had them. I'm going to make a statement. Hmm. I am considering, not strongly, I almost said strongly, but I'm not strongly considering. I'm just considering it. I'm considering submitting some of these via SGC. A little, sa- little Chrome Sapphire? Little, some Chrome Sapphire. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's the best card in the set right here. <laughs> it's my boy Lando just drinking out of the, drinking yeah. out of the water bottle with the big the vertical water bottle. Yeah, fire. I got this of 50, Lewis. I was fired up about that. That is dope. Yeah. I'm a big fan of European water bottles, by the way. I feel I like they're over engineered, like in the soccer. Straw like, is yeah, you don't have to go like this. It's more of just like a straight squeeze. Built, built for speed. I will tell you, Ty, you mentioned not a lot of soccer. That was definitely one surprise for me was the lack of, I call it, you know, Ty, we've said it before, fringe sport. Mm-hmm. UFC, mm-hmm. F1. I'm, I'm going to put soccer in there because it's just, if you look at population reports for graded cards compared to, Football, basketball, baseball, it's significantly less, right? So there was a, some Pokemon, but there just wasn't. I didn't see a ton of that. And I made a, I made a, you know, a decent lap. I didn't see every single table, but I walked by a lot. And I was, I was surprised by the lack of really F1 and UFC. Those were two things I expected to see more of. We had a lot of people asking for them, but didn't see a ton of it on the show floor. On the F1 stuff. I had, it was in a lot of people had it in their cases. A lot of people, I had kids walking up to me all week long with, with F1 stuff. They were like, yo, I didn't see much of it. I think it might've been because people know that I like F1. So they were just rolling up on me, but it was definitely, it, it, there wasn't a lot. There was like four tables that had it, but kids in their, in their cases had some. I also think I, I would be fascinated to get the data on the amount of tables that are at national. And how long, how many of those tables are recurring tables? And I, I say this because like, I think the rule is like, if you've been there for over 16 years, you get to choose your table at the next show like a day earlier. And the reason I bring that up 
is you saying F1, people have it in their cases. To me, the crew rolling around, trying to sell to tables, got their Zion cases, doing their thing on Twitter, a little bit noisier, is the newer yeah. generation that is yeah, the online kids some of this F1. niche stuff. They, that's more soccer. That's more F1. That's more UFC. That's more random Fortnite, right? But yeah, you, the show veterans aren't aren't loaded correct. with you know, they're not Lando they're not Norris. moving they're not applying that speed and and they're probably yeah they might do some work on eBay or whatever but these shows are kind of the presence they come out and they roll out their baseball they they maybe their newer stuff honestly their newer stuff is like modern basketball in some ways how many people did you guys get a lot of people who rolled up on you and were like yeah I've been doing the modern basketball thing like older dudes that happened to me a bunch of times too because with Twitter with everything. Yeah, it's just, stuff just not online. so fast, and we're like conditioned to be like Lando Norris. Like we're literally like yeah. Lando Norris. People are like barely getting to like what's the Lamelo Ball market looking like. Yeah, that's true. If you're not like a kid who's on Instagram every week or every day, you don't really know or care about F1 or UFC, really. Especially, especially their cards, unless it's someone like all time. And I imagine there's very few crossover between that community and the hobby with having a, na- a table at the national, which I got to say, we're very fortunate to do so. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and pr- honestly is like the beautiful pocket and the way that Ryan's built his business, I think has given him a lot because he is of that new age. Ryan, are you going to join our, join our little circle of trust next year or what's up? Like your booth? Do you know you? I mean, you know that our booth and Slabstock's booth are like right next to each other. Next year? Uh huh. I talked to Aaron. I I I heard Aaron. They said they got some space. Come, so. just come hang out with us. It'll be so much be more friend. fun. Maybe I'll try to. Maybe I'll try to get in with Aaron. Maybe please, see if we can, please, maybe. please, please, please. It'll be so fun. We'll hang out. You didn't hang out with us at all. It was so sad. You were on the other side of the room. I you were to on set the other up. side of the room. Yeah, you can no, make an argument. We we you were can make an argument right that you side. were on the other side. There's two of us and one of you. We were on our side. You were on the other side. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Okay. It's on me. That's on me. Appreciate you me. taking See, that out. You like that? Like little little way I came yeah. with that real quick. Yeah, that's that's on me. Right. So you guys, Ty, you were there. What Wednesday through Friday set up. Yep. Lou, you were there Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. Thoughts like. What sold? What were you surprised didn't move? Like, what were your kind of your takeaways in terms of what people were transacting? Mbappe, I thought, was like asked about like crazy. The market may be down, but what I did feel is, you know, there's the at the show, people come in, hey, all right, I've been here about this soccer thing, or maybe I've been here about this F1 thing, right? And there's always the pinnacle card. I think for the modern basketball 24 months ago, whatever, is like Luca. Right. So you had people who always did basketball and they're like, this thing's bubbling. I got to get into it. Luca's the entry point. As as someone that had 95% footy cards out there, even though to, in my perspective, Mbappe's down, whatever, people were just were coming up and wanted Mbappe. And so when I think about setting up for the show, you know, this combo of like entry point key cards, different variants, because it's not like people, people didn't want like, Mbappe-based prism, it was like, what do you have of it? You know, so I think diversify there combined with a little bit of niche here and there is what I would say. But it was the first time I ever uh, had raw for sale at a show. Play. It's a play. It was busy. Time flies. The show closes at six. If you're from the National and we're listening to this, can we maybe get seven o'clock? I actually don't hate that. You don't hate six or... I don't hate closing later. I would also say constructive criticism. The the timing for the show opening close changes every day and it's wildly confusing. Like I was just getting there at 830 and then just figuring it out. And then when they were like, when there was the 20 minute announcement, who is our boy, by the way, I thought I thought I said you other type. He loves us. <laughs> when my homie's like 46 minutes until we're closed, 12 minutes until we're closed, then I know what to do. Like, <laughs> like 17 minutes we might close yeah like a little bit of like uh continuity to the opening and closing times i think would help <laughs> what did you see right football was the big thing right we we had a lot of football so it's it's easier to give an opinion on what sold because we you know we had the most of it right so football was our biggest seller so obviously we sold a lot of football 
I mean, volume. That was really what's like, again, from someone that's never set up before, I've never set up at the national. I've typically have preferred to walk around. I, I want to go through your $5 boxes. I don't want to put on my $5 boxes. So from someone that's, you know, gone to the show as mostly a buyer, it's a different perspective to learn. But yeah, I was just amazed by, again, football. So we sold a ton of, right? Mahomes, Josh Allen, Baker, Kyler, Burrow, sold some, some Hertz, so much football stuff. But just like I said, the number of transactions, people went through dollar boxes, $5 boxes, $10 boxes. You know, we had three or four graded boxes, just a little bit of everything. And I also think that played into our, our, our favor a whole lot is having diversity. That's something we try to focus mm-hmm. on the shop a lot is like, we may not have had a million soccer cards or a million Pokemon cards, but I had some of them, right? I tried to offer something, not in the F1 space, not huge in the UFC. Like I had a couple UFC cards, but working on offering a little bit of everything. But yeah, my, my biggest takeaway was certainly volume, just the amount of transacting that took place. I would have never guessed was as high as it was. I had a huge breakthrough. The notebook. The notebook changed my game, actually. You know, in the spirit of having a seven-week countdown and multiple videos from Ryan about how to prepare for national, I showed up on the first day with unprepared, nothing priced and no stickers. So, uh, you know, Ryan, I think we commandeered his price gun for about 49 minutes before he came over and, and sniped it back. So I said, all right, what am I doing? Like, how, do I, how am I going to go about doing this? And I had a, a composition notebook with me. And so I wrote down my entire inventory and a price I had on them in the notebook. So in my case, I had no prices on the cards. And people would come up and ask the price. And, you know, look, as a dealer and, you know, in retail, a 14-year-old kid might get a little different deal than a 37-year-old dude that has no time to say hello of or course. whatnot. You know of what I mean? Course. So I was able to say, hey, let me check the book, evaluate the situation, come back to you a little bit. And it was a very, I don't know, I thought it empowered my positioning as a seller in the show. You felt like you were? I felt like I was a little bit more in control. Yeah. You know, there's the moment of like, it depends. If you're doing volume, maybe it's not the same, but there's the moment of like, you got a sticker and this happens. What's If you price something in the morning on Wednesday, by Thursday afternoon, the market may have completely changed in that room. And someone comes up, boom, and you know the feeling where they're like, he got me. I'm oh, there's nothing worse than I'm when you cooked. thought he got got. <laughs> I got, got nothing worse. He knows something I don't know. And I can now pick up that energy and I'm like, what is it? What's when they roll on? up, when they roll up and then they're like, give me a number. And then you can barely get the number out. And they're like, I'm down. You're in trouble. You're like, uh-huh. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> if it's an immediate, yep. Yeah. Immediate. If there's not even a you're thought cooked. of a counter, you're in trouble. Because a lot of yeah, times what they're doing is someone wanted to buy it for like 20% yep. more down the yep. route. Yeah. Like, so the book was a, a real strategy change for me. But Luke, what were, uh, what were your thoughts on like what was transacting? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm limited by like what was in my case. I like to think I had a pretty decent amount of different stuff in my case. For the most part, people were coming up to me and trying. All my, all my uh, UFC is gone. I have nothing left. So I sold all that F1. I thought there was some action. But again, that's limited based on what I was around. And then I had a decent amount of interest on my football as well. I didn't end up selling any of it. But yeah, I think UFC and F1, there's an, a growing audience and buyer pool. And people are just looking for graded options. Which all I, that, That's actually one of the things I was thinking about on my flight. I was like, just get the cards and slabs. And that's all that matters. And that also is part of the reason why I've adjusted my opinion on SGC. Just get the cards and slabs and like you're going to be fine. That might seem obvious, but like, yeah. There's margin. There's margin to be had. A $100 graded card is like not crazy anymore. And it just makes people want to buy it more. Mm-hmm. It's easier. I think it's easier to transact graded cards. Much easier. Hey, this has got a soft corner, right? A soft corner to Tyler is not a big deal. A soft corner to Lou is the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's how maybe how mm-hmm. it be, how it may be. So yeah, interesting take. 
Now, I got a question for you. I was thinking about this, right? We got some, we found out that our uh, guys at the National are friends, right? When we made the comment about the announcements with like 13 and a half minutes left, eight and, you know, eight and three quarters left. Like we got all these odd announcement times. If you were, after you, right, you were there for a week. If you could change one thing about the National next year in Atlantic City, what would it be? We're doing like constructive criticism right now? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, nothing like they should cancel the show. I'm like, Pie in the sky. Yeah, right. What's your take? I like, I actually didn't think about it, but I like the idea of the additional hour. I'm sure that's some sort of discussion with corporate, right? Mm-hmm. With the Paninis, the Tops, the Southern Hobby, the GTS, the Peach State, like the distributors, the companies that make the cards because they have parties and events after the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's in, in uh, alignment with them. I like that idea. I think that's cool. But honestly, the trade nights were so good. It's, you know, the show could have ended. The trade nights, you know, kept the show spirit alive. Uh, I think the one thing I wish there was more of was uh, like seating. Mm. Like we were near a wall and there was people like Sitting. chilling on the floor, eating their pretzel. And I'm like, it wouldn't have been too hard to put a little, uh, you know, couple round tables here and throw a few seats out. I understand Chicago is a much smaller venue and much tighter and they want to maximize show space. I just felt like we might be able to get a couple tables against a wall. I might actually debate that. I might debate that take because I worry that it would become a place for congregation. And I think it 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 detracts value uh, from like buying a table and setting up there. I feel like if you if you create kind of a space to just sit down, eat food, hang out, it would people be will like just come night. and hang out and do that. You know, and I think that that would drive the value of having a table down a little bit because having to sit on the floor, like it's a card show. You're there I for just a card don't show. think you can ask mom and dad to sit on the floor with their nine year old because you're afraid Timmy and Tommy are going to sit at the booth and trade cards, sit at the table and trade cards. Like, I just don't think that's a reason to deter, right? Like yep. you're not going to do something good because somebody may, you know, take advantage of it. Somebody's always going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Right. So uh, I don't know when you see like a, you know, a little kid and his dad on the floor eating a pretzel because there's not a, a you know, an extra mm-hmm. chair. I just, uh, that would have been my like, Hey, let's add these a little bit, but I see both sides of it. Right. And maybe that's, Mm-hmm. it's a, definitely a valid point right if somebody opens their you know their zion case and sets it on the table right and just treats it like they're set up it's it's not hard for somebody to walk by and be like "Ooh, hey how much is that and they get to deal for free i i i would see that that's exactly how it'd be taken over all the dudes walking around with cases would just be like where's my table i'm set up you know what i believe you're going to see in atlantic city is every massive events with big time brands like the programming around the show i think is going to change drastically during the show or after the after show? the show so like trade night like trade night like like i believe your trade night you have real opportunity to work with some high profile partner now that you haven't already but like you know if you think about all-star nba all-star weekend if you've been to mm-hmm. one of those or like there's or Super Bowl. Super Bowl is like over the top, but the party, like the whole thing is about the events, not the Super Bowl. It's about yeah, the sure. mixers, who's performing music, what's going on here, new fashion brand launches. And I think you're going to start to see a lot of activations are wrapped around the show that's a little, not, I don't want to say more high level, but external of the hobby. Right? Whereas like the trade night is a very like, from the inside of the hobby, we're doing this. But I do think there's going to be outside players that come to you that say, we want to be involved in that and we want to do this. We want to have a musical performance there or we want to tie in this product that we're releasing with your trade. Like I, st- I think you'll start to see that. Um, yeah, I-, I foresee a little bit more. I mean, we're going to try and do like we'll get someone, to, a hip hop artist to, do a couple songs at the end of your trade night. Why not? I think the crew is ready for the people are ready for it. Uh, Chicago is sweet though. As a city, I think it's a good hosting city. You got people to be able to pop downtown. You got a little Cubbies game. I got both my boys texting with me. I agree with you, right? I think that's, you saw it this year with, I mean, there was a lot more events. Like I, we, 
all the companies like seem to have an event. Anything you would have changed from, you know, show operating perspective, anything you would have added or, or removed? Show operating perspective, everything is still very rudimentary. Like everything about the show setup is very rudimentary. It's like, here's a pen and paper. Here you have to go to this exact spot and pick up your passes. You can't just like, you get a big pack. Again, like constructive criticism. Like you get a packet in the mail with like 500 different things in it. It's like, I only need these three things. Like, why can't this just be emailed to me? There's, I think, (laughs) no, seriously, I think there's just a lot of, like a lot of the process is very old school, which is like kind of part of the charm of cards and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I think they would definitely do well to modernize their processes. Like the fact that the lottery system is like you have to go to a room and wait for them to call your name is like kind of crazy. But also kind of cool. Yeah, it's part it's part of it. It is part of it. It's definitely part of it. Like I, I want a little bit more, but not too much. That more. much more. Yeah. Yeah. Like keep it there, but just give me a little action. Mm-hmm. Which is tough. It's a tough line to walk. Can't jump the shark. But I will say, I was thoroughly impressed with, like, their organization for how big this event was. Like, you walk in and there's people saying, hey, general admission this way, VIP passes and dealers this way, right? And it's like, the show security saw a dude get escorted out in handcuffs right by the booth. He was stealing stuff? Put him in handcuffs and walked him right out the front door. I was over at Leaf's booth and was walking back and I see, like, 15 people. I'm like, ooh, maybe big deal going down. Maybe guys count on some cash. Like, Is that Sasha you know, over there? Yeah, Sasha over there making a 100K deal. And you're like, actually, this dude got arrested for stealing dollar cards. Was, was it dollar cards? I mean, it, it was all a bunch of stuff in soft sleep from what I saw. Oh, that's that's tough so scene. tough. Tough scene. At least uh, go for like a four-figure card. Ty, on what you were saying about like every like everything afterwards being very like basic... It's one of the few things, not one of the few, it's one of the things that's left that feels very of a collector's mind. Like the idea that train night exists, it's like a very collector-focused mindset. It's become something that it, it wasn't before, so that's like prime for an update as well. How about the not non-official train night, literally mob in the hotel lobby of the Lowe's? How did the Lowe's become the place? Because I thought that was too far away. It was packed every night there was a hundred people in the lobby there wasn't like you couldn't buy a water bottle if you tried correct Uh, there was thousands of people in a hotel lobby like sitting doing deals and if one person wanted a bag of chips they couldn't even get one see ya sunday 4 a.m it was packed like how is that possible (laughs) oh it was wild (laughs) go to bed everybody so i think you're gonna see that everyone's gonna have t-shirts for sale Everyone's going to be doing, you know, it's all going to, I think, just this next year. That's what's crazy is, you think the last two years were epic? I think after that show, anyone that's there is throwing it into fifth gear and kicking it up. Credit to, credit to them for getting the show up and making it happen because cards needed a national. Uh, we needed a national really percent. bad. They- the vibe in general of the hobby is 100% different today than it was 14 days ago. Couldn't agree more. They did a fantastic job for having two months or less to prepare for that. As smooth as that went for that, the lack of time. I mean, June 1st was the day they found out. Like, man, that was, that was executed very well for that little time. I mean, that's the biggest card show in the world. That is the mecca of sports cards. And yeah, props to them. But I wonder if you guys have thought about this at all. The national, all the events around it, trade night. Does that affect other big card shows around the country? You Meaning what? Do they adjust how they run their shows at all? Right? Do you? I just don't think there's a show that runs like the national does. It's just not, a, not enough. I don't know if it's demand for in person. I do think, unfortunately, we're we're not going in the direction of more in-person events in the next at least six months. I do think I I don't I actually don't think people are gonna run to go to another show based on how good that one was. Like it's not like 
oh, we just went through festival season and it's a couple warm-up festivals. I mean, we were doing that. Dallas, you had Atlanta. Like, you did, I don't know, whatever that other show Boston. was. You did Boston. Boston. Yeah. Boston. Yeah, you guys have been all over the place, like Timbuktu. You went to Missouri. But I don't, I don't think – I haven't seen, but I'd actually point the question to you, Ryan. Are there other shows that you believe, based on their operations – I do think the Atlanta guys like Culture Clash are thinking about it a little bit differently. But from an operations perspective, have you seen any that maybe could take that leap? Because a lot of times people are not interested in it. It's good business. Sell tables, sell tickets, keep it moving. Show up at the but show. broke. Yeah. yeah. So I don't no, know if you've been to a that. show that's like innovative. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um... East Coast National, maybe two weeks. At Hofstra. I'm fired up. Wait, what? Never been to that show. Fired up. The East Coast National? People call it the East Coast National. I don't think it's actually like that big, but that's what people call it. We're hitting strong on I'm in there. I actually low-key kind of want to get a table. I have to figure that out. But yeah, if you're listening, people who run the Hofstra show, I want to get in there. I just think the one that's built for it the most from all the shows I've seen is, is Dallas. Yeah, if anyone's going to do it, I think it'll be those guys, for sure. Nothing on the West Coast yet, huh? I know that there's a couple of Vegas things in the work. I know that too, but it doesn't exist currently. I don't believe so. I My wonder about Dallas, though, and Ryan, I'd love to hear how long you've been going to Dallas for. I do think that there was, you know they were able to really take advantage of their ability to put on shows when no one else could even put on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how long you've been going there and if you saw an increase in demand, you know, or they always had it kind of on and popping. Yeah. I mean, I went through, I went to every show, been to every Dallas show since November. Mm-hmm. How about, how about pre November? How about 2019 or 2020? I didn't go to a Dallas show. The Dallas show was the first one I went to was in November. Understood. So I would be interested to see if it's true or not. Is somebody mentioned that Dallas may move to monthly. I actually personally, again, I know I'm a small fish in this pond, but I, I enjoy it having it every other month. I think a massive, massive, massive show like that monthly is tough. Um, unless the local traffic is just so great, I think you, it makes it hard to find out like, Hey, when's it going to be a good one? Right. Like if, if it, I think the August one has potential, it's far enough away from the national and as it's fo- it will be as football starting. So I like that. I just, from my perspective would be tough to go if it's monthly, but yeah, uh, Dallas is my favorite show I've been to outside of the national. I just think the way it's run, the amount of people, the setup, it's that show is built for success. Are there any pickups you're looking to make coming out of national? New hypothesis that you're looking to act Say on? Say it, right? Say it. I did not make an F1 play. That was, I dropped vlog one of our trip out there. And that was one of the things we talked about. It was like, if I could make three plays at the, at the national, what would I buy? Didn't get any F1. I just want one like cool card to put back and just sit on if, you know, I've I've got one for you. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I want to, you know, I'm probably going to end up watching the Netflix documentary. Everybody talks about that and how that's the coolest thing. So watch that. Check it out. Maybe see if I find someone from there. But don't want to, you know, I'm not uh, an F1 super collector. I don't watch it like Lou does. So I'm not in it. But if I could pick up a card, I think that would be cool. Did get a Pulisic. That was one of the things on my list. Made a play. You did. Nice auto, right? Eminence. Smart. Very nice. Very cool. I, McDavid didn't, I made, I I did get a McDavid. I got an exquisite auto. Flex. Not a, not, not the big, not a big one. Um, There was sneaky hockey juice, I thought. I saw people interested in hockey. Maybe maybe it was just Ovechkin. Ovechkin signed the five-year deal like on Wednesday of the show, I think. That's correct. So maybe I'm just have selective hearing. But Interesting. I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I did see a little bit more Mickey Dave. 
Yeah, we didn't get asked a ton for hockey. Maybe it was the three like Canadian dudes with mullets that rolled up to my table with like a Zion case of like random hockey. Can I, can I ask a question? What's a Zion case? Aren't they called Zion cases? Yeah, yeah. It's a company that I sells. Don't know. I was being serious. I don't know what that is. They, Literally they got the, the, case like, the that everyone the carry cases that you the carry. The black one? Yeah. The yeah. SC, the SC, XL, whatever? Yeah. Oh. I, to this day, I'm like, why does it say SC, but it's called a Zion case? Does that have to do with Zion Williamson? Or is this like a Scion case, like the car, but it, everyone just calls it Zion instead? Ryan, you probably That's have the answer, but no I'm idea. so thrown off. That's literally the company name. Gentleman, that, uh, his name's Clint, runs it. Met him a couple years ago. Z-I-O-N case. Yep. But then it says SCXL on it. What is SC? Like the logo is like SC, which makes me think it's Scion case. <laughs> also, my man's from Dibs pulled up first day and dropped this hat on me. And I haven't taken it off in a week. What does it say? Thank you, Thank you for, collecting. for collecting. That's a pretty far hat. As a Dibs power user, as a Dibs power user who didn't get a hat, I'm kind of annoyed about that. Whatever. Lou, does it surprise you that Tyler got the first hat? No. You know who else probably got one? Who? Jay? Jay. Yeah, that I can't make a comment about, but. Right. Would it surprise you to know that I had to like scratch and claw to get a couple car talk stickers to put inside my own case? Oh my goodness. But that's surprising. I didn't know we had car talk stickers. There you go. Ryan. I handed you a card talk sticker the second I saw you at National. A, you singular. We're busy taking a photo and stuffed it in the back left pocket and probably still have it in your back left pocket. Mm, no. What are you pulling doesn't, out here? Definitely Look. doesn't count. I had, to, I had to like smuggle these home so no one knew I had them. <laughs> All right. Well, well, listen. All right. I don't want to hear it. The ski eBay. MJ Parallel sold for $1,800 on eBay. That, that hat, that can't be right. There has to be something to that. Is that the short printed one? Were there a couple? Jay, can you, you want to pop up here and give a little background on that real quick? Because I'm really confused. Yeah, that's the uh, the short printed one. He did yeah. a, uh, a parallel that uh, it's hot, man. That one sold for $1,850, one sold for $1,799. What's the number to? Uh, I'm not sure that they're actually numbered. I, I don't know. What's the, the difference to that in the parallel? Um, I think it's the color. Um, you know that little square where he's shooting. I think that there's a blue one or something like that, and that's the, the short print. How do we get our hands on that? That we got to hit up ski for one. I think uh, listen, we're gonna have to. I think it sounds like we might have to play the same game as everyone else. Uh, but let's see, ski, eBay, Jordan. Ty, did you re- did you elude or Jay even? Did you guys redeem for the fifth one? I wasn't there on we're, Sunday. We're you can only do it on Sunday. We're gonna get those. We're, I I got us uh, I got us in on those. We're definitely gonna get those. But the Ken Golden autos are also doing numbers. I don't know if you saw what I wrote, but five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's out of five hundred, right? The the Ken Golden ones. I saw one sold for five hundred bucks. That this this Ken Golden card. I mean. I have the one he sent over to the booth for Gary. I'm sending that out to you today, Lou. But he those those Ken Golden cards are doing numbers. It's amazing some of the what some of the cards, uh, the exclusive national stuff. I agree. The national exclusives usually sell pretty well after the show and then go down, right? Right. That's historical. Accurate. Yeah, demand is certainly really high for those that didn't make it. Um, oftentimes, you know, one of the first cards of people. There's some you know reasoning for a lot of it but yeah success it will be pretty high for those early um it's just a matter of if the collectors will you know in fact want them long term i also right i don't even think you know this ty i want to give some love to the crew that won the psa grading two times oh. the, you know how psa was giving away 50 grand in grading right someone at the table won it twice two days in a row twice and they Unreal. roll up and they're like we don't have any raw cards you want us to grade a card for you? Somebody like, came to my table and bought two cards for grading. Yeah, that makes sense. That they had won? Yeah, they won two for grades. I mean, that was, what a giveaway by PSA. That is a nice giveaway. 50K in grading, yeah. That's all. That's a giveaway. I made a couple flips I was fired up about. I was buying these Fati 9s. I bought five of them for 150 30 a pop. And I was flanging them for 45 50 bucks. 
Not bad. I was. I felt great about it. Inventory. Ty, I think this is a good little segment because I bought a lot of stuff at the show to take home, record a video on, sort it out, price it, grade it, do all that stuff. But you did that at the show, right? You bought stuff, flipped them at the show. I know that was Jay's strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think it's worth talking about how you could have made plays and moved them live at the show. Yeah, like, the show is so big. So big. I mean, it's different universes. Like, Ryan, we were in different universes where our table and your table was. There's people that could have come to the show and never seen either of our tables. Likely probably would have seen one. You were more central. But the red carpet side and our table, like... I mean, mine as well have been in different towns. So I was there for a week and didn't see 20% of the tables. Yeah. So market inefficiencies. It's that simple. People are into cards at different prices. People have different motives. People either want to move for cash. Some people price their stuff a week before, not the day of. All encompassing. And it provides opportunity. And the first day, Wednesday, I sold so many cards. That I literally said, okay, I need to, I went Ryan mode. I went Ryan mode. I said, I need to buy inventory for my, for my game. And so I got there 830 before, uh, on Thursday morning, before we did our panel. And I said, all right, I'm going to just walk. And I picked up five Christian Pulisics, just negotiated on some volume of similar cards that I felt I could get. 20 per I, I felt I could list at 20% up and I did well marginally wise it was great I mean dollars but like I don't view it kept me in the game kept me meeting people kept me having sales conversations trade you know so that that was I love that and that's what I remember from the first show that's what got me into this whole thing I bought this sticker at the 2019 national as a PSA 10 for $350, turned around and sold it to Gary's brother, AJ, for $550. And I said, oh my goodness, I just made $200. That's freaking cool. I'm into this. Jay, what about you? Yeah, I mean, people were just coming up to the table and like the, the one that sticks out in my mind, which was just hilarious to me, kind of similar to Tyler's vibe was like, he walks up and he says to me, you know, I just quit my job. I need some cash. I have some cards and I'm happy to move them at a really low price. And I said, this is my favorite type of conversation. So he hands me a Patrick Mahomes uh, optic base uh, PSA nine rookie. And he goes, I'll give it to you for 400. I look it up. They're doing, you know, 550, 600. I said, sold. I gave him 400 cash. The guy hands me the card while he's handing me the card. There's another guy who's standing looking in my case. And he says, you just bought that for 400 He goes, I've been looking for one of those. I'll give you five for it. I literally handed it to him. He gives me 500 bucks In seven seconds, I made $100. And I was like, well, that was fun. So then the same kid comes back to me that sold me that stuff like 15 minutes later. He's like, I have three more cards. Do you want to buy them? I'll give you a really good deal. I said, what do you got? He had a 2003 you know, rookie uh, LeBron James holding up the jersey, BGS 85. He had a, a, a KD patch auto, a 2013 patch auto number to 25 and a Larry Bird NT, uh, 2018 NT auto number to 25. And he goes, I'll give you the whole lot for 400 bucks. I was like, okay. So I put them all out of my case and I, I have the uh, a 150 sticker on the Bird. I have a 300 sticker on the KD and I have a 600 sticker on the, on the LeBron. 10 minutes later, a guy comes up and he's like, He's with his kid. Kid's got a Celtics jersey on. He goes, Dad, I want that Larry Bird. Dad says, would you take 125 for the Larry Bird? Sure. Would you take 275 if I buy the Bird for the KD? So I'll give you 400 total for the KD and the Bird. I said, done. Now I have a LeBron sitting in front of me that I paid nothing for because I got cashed out on the 400 that I spent on the whole lot. About 20 minutes later, a guy comes up in a Cavs jersey. He wants my LeBron. He goes, I want that LeBron. I was like, all right, throw out a number. And he's sitting there, he's giving me a look. And I was like, dude, just throw out a number. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be really, you know, if the guy offered me 500 bucks, I'm taking it right now. He goes, how about 550? Sold. So, I mean, it was like in in the span of like an hour, this guy's lot, you know, I turned 400 into 500 and I turned 400 into like, you know, 
950 or whatever it was. It was, it was, I mean, and I, I never even held on, on to those cards more than an hour. So those are the type of deals that were coming through when you're sitting at the table. That was just, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the in-show flips is like an underrated part of the process that people don't understand. I definitely didn't take advantage of it enough. I also love the respect that people give of like the, you're engaged in that combo. I'm not going to try and say, hey, I'll give you 50 more cut into it. Y'all were doing the deal. It happens numerous times because you're talking to someone, someone walks That's up. That's a nice guy. It definitely happens. I had a couple of people come up trying to sell some stuff and guys would like, one dude pulled a dude off to the side and was like, hey man, I want these cards and bought them just from right out from the table. And like another guy was like, hey man, we're trying to get on that as we're dealing for the card. Like it, that is, it's crazy to me that that happens as much as it does. People are just don't care. Savages. Savages. I was going to say, I was like three for three on interactions where the people said, all right, if you end up doing the deal, like, great. If you don't, I'd love to have that same conversation. I was like, mommy. I did have to tell one person. Hey, my table is not your spot to do deals with someone else. I apologize. I'm I'm like trying to do my thing here. Could you maybe take that over there? But uh, that was all love and all good. Right. I tried to offer the super fractor, man. I know. I just didn't know much about it. I know. Uh, it was uh, that was that was a fun flip. I had no clue on that deal, but worked that's out what well. Jay taught me this weekend. Super fractors or super fractors. It's a fact. Well, I looked up with what his highest card, you know, sold was, and it was it was an of ten optic gold, and it was sold for five ten. So I figured if I buy the super fractor for five hundred, how could I lose? The guy's got some cards that are moving, and uh, it worked out well. I think wound up selling for a thousand bucks with twelve hours, not eight hours later. That's a good play. All right, I think we uh, we uh, latest launches this week's release, and take us take us on home. See you, Jay. Bye, Jay. Thanks for joining. So last week, again, we talked about it. Big week last week we missed because we were at the show. You had UFC Select and Uf- uh, Select Basketball, two of the, you know, two big products, right? Select is a, is a popular brand. You'll have Gold Standard Football this week. That'll be cool. Another, that's the first rookie patch auto in a pro jersey. First RPA in a pro jersey will be from gold standard you'll have upper deck extended series hockey fat pack and blasters you'll have pokemon ice rider shadow rider you have panini select h2 basketball and then wild card matt football megas so nothing else this week you will have some bigger stuff next week as we get into that are we off next week we are off next week so i think we should talk about it then because next week is national treasures basketball Hmm. Should we not be off next week? Big break week. Big break week. Yeah, big. That's that's a big break week. So, looks like Lamella Ball signed his NT redemption. So that'll be cool. If you can pull those live in the in the box, that will uh that will definitely. So Lamelo has redemptions or he has cards in the in the boxes. So we won't know until we see it. But Panini posted a picture. I saw on the their, picture. On their page, previewing the product. So either they've got them in stock and their redemptions in the product, they didn't get them back in time, and you'll have to redeem it, but they've got them, right? Here's a, fo- a picture for those that haven't seen it. Nice. Or they're live in the product. I mean, either way, I think that's that's that bodes well for the product. Cool? Super cool. Super cool. We're two weeks out from Premier League season. European football is back. Pro football is about to start. I think the Hall of Fame games this weekend. Yep. Is that true? Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's Saturday. Yeah, I think we're on to the whole, like, a game. Like, there's not a week that goes by between now and uh, whenever the Super Bowl is without some football on. By the way, Penn State might have the number one recruiting class. Sorry, oh, Ryan. Geez. That's your boy. Your class, a couple people have decommitted. Keep that, keep that same energy. I will. Jay, bookmark this clip. I will. We have the number one recruiting class. It's like, yo, our free agency was sick. No, recruiting like, matters. Like, I get it. Re- but like, recri- recruiting matters. What do you mean? Free agency, having a great free agency is very important. Ty, a number one recruiting class to go like nine and four and lose in a right. in a like a peach bowl. Right. No. Sick. No. 
Not true. I don't even know. I mean, last year we were bad. But before that, we didn't lose four games for quite some time. Okay. Sick. Cool. Ryan, Weird don't flex, be, but, listen. Okay. Ryan, I don't want to hear it. All right? I don't want to hear it. It's so in Columbus. Out you you coming Pryor. out? Car Talk Live from the shoe? I'm in. Was that the first time I've ever been invited to anything from Ryan? That's a good point. That's Ty, a good point. My guy, I don't get stickers or like gear. I'm like eighth on the list. I'm just saying. Good point. I'm just scratching claw my way into your it's Ryan was like every night. Back it'll door. be Tyler and Jay back? live from Columbus. Every every night, Ryan's like, "Yeah, I'm going to dinner. I'll see you guys later. Can I get into my dinner?" Like. Yo, you, you like, guys want to come to crew for dinner? Like, you want to catch up after? I couldn't take my team. Like, they were yo, you guys want to? Yo, where you guys want to? You want to roll to dinner together? Let's do dinner together. Car talk dinner. It'll be great. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we got to plan things. I had plans. I made plans. Y'all you were too plans. busy. This is what I'm saying. You made plans without there me. Were mul- there were events that Regina couldn't. That like, Regina didn't go to. What like, does that mean? I'm just saying. You probably I'm just invited saying, her. Like, they were one person only or one or two people only type things. I wasn't taking like the whole squad. How many meals did you have with your, with your whole team? Two. Two, two chances to invite us. You weren't there for one of them. Both of you left. One was Saturday night and one was Monday. So those are the two days you weren't even there. What about the night where we had a, we had a rush out and record because you had to go to dinner. Yeah. I had to go to like a party. What about the time I had to fake my identity to get into trade night? True. I I heard that. Hey Tyler, Ty, at least yeah. you came. At least you came. Yeah, See, that's my point. man. Now the tables have turned. Uh, my man, my man Lou's upset point. about not going to dinner. Couldn't even that's come a to good the point. big event. I ran. Boom. That's a good point. On that. Well, I, I I had to go somewhere and drop something off, and then by the time I came back, I heard it was overrun, so I couldn't even it's come to the door. Plan a car talk dinner. We could have had it at trade night. You that's, knew I'd be there. It was open to everyone. I didn't think you were going to remember that. That hurts. Wow. Buried him in the show. I was that's in all we got, guys. Position. We're wrapping up. I got to go. And we get a week <laughs> off on that note. Peace. Peace. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.